my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. It's fun to play with. Yeah. And that's going to drive you nuts. That's fine. I've already started recording. I kind of figured. <laughs> You're going to delete all that, right? No. I'm going to leave that in. Because it's fun. No, I meant my, like, the, what we were talking about prior to. Oh, I didn't record okay. that. I, I pressed record, and then you started playing with that thing. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> Whatever it is. I don't know what it is. It's a... Um, Santa's key box. Oh, yeah. We got that as a Christmas present. It, you hang that on your door Christmas Eve. So Santa has a key to your house. Yeah, so if you don't have an actual Wait, fireplace. Don't you have a chimney? Well, we have the fireplace. And if you imagine Santa as uh, the one from the Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen. Yeah. It, it Those, like, change into a regular fireplace so we can go down. Gotcha. Chimney. So we don't actually need the key, but it's still nice just in case. As a secondary, you know. Yeah. He could get in if he needs to. He just breaks in and goes into my house. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You don't have a fireplace, do you? I do not. That's right. You don't. That was one of those extra amenities that my parents paid for when they built the house. I wish I had one. My next house will have one. Yeah. I like having a fireplace. I don't want, like, a real fireplace, though. No, I don't like that. I like... My good old fake fireplace, all I have to do is flip the switch and it comes on. If I'm going to have a fireplace in my house, it's going to be a real one. Oh, because then you have to worry about cleaning out the chimney and everything, and that gets annoying. Yeah, but you don't have to do it that often. I mean, depending on how well, how often you're running your fireplace. Well, I don't know. I would assume in the winter you're running it a lot. I mean, I grew up, we used the fireplace daily, and I don't know if my fire, the chimney in my parents' house has ever been cleaned. Probably needs it. Probably does need it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I mean, unless the people who live there now have had it cleaned. Maybe. I don't think it was ever cleaned in like 20 some odd years. Oh, man. Well, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I don't. I, do, I, I like my fake fireplace. Okay, we need to take that away from you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Give it here. No. No. <laughs> it's going right here. There's a key in it. Yeah, the key's in there. Oh, Ashley must found it in her room. That key was in her room for the longest time. I don't know why. Alrighty. She's a weirdo. <laughs> Anywho. How was your week? Interesting. Chaotic. Good. All right. And different all at the same time. All right. Happy spring break to those of you who are on spring break. Yay. And to your moms, enjoy. Yeah. <sighs> why do you keep finding things to play with? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Random sounds. You don't. Every time I have to edit one of these podcasts, you know what kind of weird <laughs> sounds I hear, and it's like I didn't make that sound. What is Taryn doing over there? <laughs> and it's something that I never notice. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just gotta make sure this is cleared off before I come over. <laughs> 
I don't sit over there. Tyler sits over there, so I don't know what he does. <laughs> he leaves things over here for me to play with. Oh, man. i got to tell him to stop that. <laughs> Again, look what's in the box. Oh, yeah, the big lighter. He still smokes out here. I know. So, since I quit smoking. I have not actually announced that. I quit smoking. Congratulations. Thanks. How long have you been cigarette-free? Two months. Good job. Thanks. I mean, I still vape. Yeah. But. That's not bad. It's better than smoking. It's better than smoking. Yeah. I know. That's why I keep saying. At least it's better than smoking. <laughs> See, I am about 30. 22 to 30 weeks. Is that a cigarette or a vape or an alcoholic beverage? Hey. Other reasons. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. You want to hear a weird fact? Sure. <laughs> I remember it again. Is it the weird fact that I sent you? No, it's not that one. Oh, but that was a good one. It was a good one. I've heard that one before. But I had this one all lined up. I'm like, I gotta use this one. I'll use yours next week. Okay. Okay. It costs the U.S. Mint almost twice as much to mint each penny and nickel as the coins are actually worth. That's crazy. <laughs> Taxpayers lost over... $100 million in 2013 just through the coins being made. There's a weird fact for all of you U.S. taxpayers. Interesting. You're losing money on your taxes just because it costs a lot of money to get you those pennies. So that means when you see a penny on the floor, don't walk past it. No, you pick that thing up. It costs you two pennies to make it. Well, it costs the U.S. two pennies to it make it. It costs somebody two pennies to make it. Yeah. I did, did, did I tell you what we were doing this week? You never tell me what we're doing. <sighs> really, Heather? I mean, come on. Sometimes I do. I like one out of ten times you'll tell me what we're doing and the rest of the time it's like, hey, you coming over for the podcast? Yeah, I'm on my way. Every, and then we start it and then, hey, did I tell you? No, Heather, you didn't tell me. Everyone in my family knows. <laughs> I feel so special right now. <laughs> Tyler knows. My kids know. My mom knows. My sister knows. And my dad knows. But not the person you do the podcast with. And my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Everyone knows. Except for you. I feel left out. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about the first recorded and then talked about publicly abduction case ever. Like alien? Abduction, alien or abduction, like human. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know the very first human abduction case. I feel like that'd be back in biblical times. And you said that was recorded. Ah, uh, recorded case. That's true. Either way, I'm sure there are more recorded. So are we going like Helen of Troy? Because wasn't she abducted technically by humans? That's a good question. Mm, history. That's for all you kids out there who need to learn things in school in history class. Wait, no. Alien abduction. Recorded alien abduction. Already? All right. We're talking about Betty and Barney Hill. What, what's the name Barney? Like, you say Barney, and I think of the giant purple Barney the dinosaur. You don't think of Barney Rebel? No, I think of the purple dinosaur, but I also have a three-year-old. So, what's the Flintstones? Well, I know that, like, you say that, yes, I, I think of Barney the Flintstones. Because guy, it's Barney and Betty Rebel. I, I know. <laughs> But you said Barney, and my mind went straight to the giant purple dinosaur 
was singing the cleanup song with the kids. Oh, not that Barney. <laughs> well, this was back in the 1960s. So we're talking about, yeah, Betty and Barney Hill. They are a very interesting couple for this to happen to. Because first of all, back in the 60s, they were an interracial couple. Ooh. Mm-hmm. He, Barney, was African-American and Betty was white. This was actually both of their second marriage. And and they have this little dog. What kind of dog? A dachshund. Nah. Oh, I like dachshunds. I think they're little cuties. Little wiener dogs. They smell. All dogs smell. No, not like these dogs. My dog smells really bad right now. <laughs> my dogs do too because they've been out in the yard all, or outside most of the day. But no, my, my grandma and my great grandma had dachshunds. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in AKC dog shows, I used to show some dachshunds. And it doesn't matter if they just got a bath or if they were, like, going over to my grandma's house. They always had this odd stink <laughs> to them. Taryn's like a dog racist. I am not a dog <laughs> racist. <laughs> I'm just very opinionated on the breeds that I like or do not like. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Well, Barney, Barney and Betty were an interesting couple anyways, not just because of the interracialness back in the 60s. Betty was a social worker, and Barney worked for the post office. He did was, he go postal? He, no, he did not go postal. <laughs> Although, I don't know, working for the post office, because where they lived, they, would, they lived in um, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Okay. New Hampshire. I know New how Hampshire. to say it. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> no, I was just, just in case. New Hampshire. <laughs> and he worked in Boston. Okay. And so that's about an hour to two hour drive just to get to Boston and then back home. That's like a, a long commute. That's a four hour, four hours out of your day driving. Yeah. To and from a job that you probably don't even like. <laughs> right? That would suck. <laughs> Oh, uh, Barney was a, he was a good guy. He was enlisted in the army during World War II. So he had, he's a hardened soldier. And Betty, you know, social worker. She's soft and, you know, talks to probably a lot of kids, I'd think. Families, very social, you know. She's probably seen a lot more than she ever wished she wanted to. Probably. In September of 1961, what is so funny? <laughs> What I do? <laughs> Go ahead. September of 1961. <laughs> September of 1961, they decided they were going to go on vacation for four days up to Niagara Falls. <laughs> now you're going to get me going. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Right. September 1961, they decided to go on vacation they to Niagara Falls. Yes, vacation to Niagara Falls for four <laughs> days. Because they both really, really needed a vacation. Makes I mean, sense. I really need a vacation right now, too. And I don't have to drive four hours to and from work. <laughs> so I bet you he really needed a vacation. Yeah, I'm assuming so. But they drove up to Niagara Falls, you know, enjoyed that. Then they went up to Montreal and enjoyed a few days there. I don't really much of what they did up there. We don't really need to know what they did up there, but they had a good time, I'm guessing. You guess one thing they probably did. What? Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. It's vacation. <laughs> well, then it's September 19th. 
they were driving back home okay. to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. They were going along Route 3, which goes right through the middle of the state. They were around what's called the White Mountain Range region. Mount White Mountain Region. <laughs> I love the face you just made with that. Thanks. <laughs> now, have you ever been to New Hampshire? I have not. Me neither. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I've been to a lot of states, but New Hampshire I have not been to yet. I've never been there. Apparently, around the region they were in, there are very tall rock faces and really dense forests on either side. And when I read that, it reminded me of what like Tennessee looks like when you drive through Tennessee. Last time I drove through Tennessee was in between basic and AIT, and I slept half the time. Well, then you should remember it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was taking advantage of the bus ride for some sleep. Fine. But that, that's... I, I used to drive through Tennessee all the time because I'm originally from Florida, so to and from Florida to here. I've been back and forth so many times. It's <clears throat> I've lost count how many times I've been back and forth. But always driving through Tennessee, we'd see, you know, on the... I always loved driving through Tennessee on the highway because of the big, like, rock faces. It almost looked like I was driving through a cliff. Not like a cliff. Sorry. Like a ravine. Driving through a ravine or something. And there was, like, mountains on either side of me. Gotcha. It just looked really cool. And they have really dense forests. So that's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing Tennessee, but we're in New Hampshire. Okay. Oh, my. That was not me. That scared me. Are you sure that wasn't you? I'm positive that was not me. I haven't touched anything. You did. It was your phone. My phone's been there since your the beginning. Phone fell. It did. <laughs> I guess it was that scared me. Ah, oh, I'm not even talking about ghosts in this episode. Freaked me out. We haven't talked about ghosts in a while. All right. Well, there's a idea for next episode. <laughs> Woo! All right, we're back to the White Mountain region of New Hampshire. Since they were on vacation, they decided they didn't really want to stop very much. They really just wanted to get home. So they stocked up their car with snacks so they didn't have to stop so much. Now, they were seen a couple times stopping because obviously you got to Gas, pee. bathroom. Yeah. Food. Well, they had food. Other than They like, had a little mini refrigerator in the car. I mean, it's kind of, kind of like an ice chest. Something like that. Because yeah, I used to do trips with my family all the time. There would be an ice chest between me and my brother. Mm-hmm. One, to keep us divided. And <laughs> two, because there's always drinks or snacks inside. Yeah, that's what we do whenever we go on road so trips. So your yogurt or your string cheese wouldn't go bad on a five-hour drive. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what they did. I mean, they had seven hours of driving, and they just really wanted to get home. Uh, Barney said, oh, we'll probably get home at around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning by the time they would get home. All right, that, that's fine. So they're driving along, and around 10.30 p.m., Betty notices a bright light in the sky, which she first thinks that maybe it's a planet. That's what I would think. I always talk to my kids about when you look in the sky and you see a really bright, like, star, if you think it's a star, you have to stare right in the middle of it. and if if it it moves or blinks. Yeah, if it blinks, it's a star. But if it doesn't, it's probably a planet. But if it moves, it's probably a plane. Or a UFO. Or in my case, a car driving in the opposite direction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a good flashback from our first episode, guys. That was a good story. (laughs) All right, so she sees the bright light. She doesn't think too much of it for a few miles. 
But then she keeps staring at it, though, and it seems to be growing larger. And then she finally mentions it to Barney. He's like, she's like, hey, Barney, can look at that. Is that like getting closer? Does it look like it's getting closer to you? She was talking about it an awful lot. And Barney was starting to get kind of annoyed at Betty. You know. Well, I mean, think about it. So you're on a long drive with your spouse. And they're going on and on about a light. Yeah. And he's going, it's a plane. Like, you know, it's probably a plane, Betty. Common sense. It's probably a plane. Just move on. It's a plane. Betty's not that kind of person. She doesn't just move on from those things. She kept watching it. <laughs> she, well, I guess, you know... In the 60s, nowadays, we're on a long trip. You know, you're driving. Okay, I'm going to play on my phone. And then I'm driving. You're going to play on your phone. So what do they have to do on long trips in the 60s? Read a book, crochet, stare out the window. That's true. And so she actually starts waving at it. She waves at it. You know, hey. Now she's just like sleep, sleep exhausted. I don't know why someone would wave at a light, but. <laughs> As her and waves to the garage light. <laughs> Just wanted to give it a try. Anything happen? No. There's some white spots in my eyes for a couple times, but. Oh, man. She finally convinces Barney to pull the car over and they spot a picnic area near Twin Mountain. Now, is this because she waved at it? Did it wave back? It did not wave back. It would have been really close to the light when it went like this in the light. I say that, but I move my hand like left and right, left and right, kind of like a U shape. (laughs) So I just I, what I'm picturing is that the this light moves side to side real quick like it's waving. It did not wave back. Darn. I know. They stopped at the picnic area. They let the dog out. Delzy. Delzy's the dog name. So, you know, let the dog out a little bit. And Barney got out his binoculars because every man in the 60s just carries around a pair of binoculars. Do you walk around with binoculars? No, but I think of anybody having their binoculars in their vehicle. It's like, okay, why do you have binoculars? And then my mind goes, like, are you trying to, like, stop somebody stare in their window? (laughs) Especially if you've got this, like, is it really a two-hour drive? It's a seven-hour drive. No, I meant, like, to and from. Oh, (laughs) I see what you're getting at. I don't know. Who knows? I I think maybe it's probably a, um, maybe a habit from his army days. I can understand that. Yeah, maybe they carried around binoculars in the war zones. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to ask them someday. I've never been in a war or the army or any armed force, so I don't know. All right, so Barney's looking at it through his binoculars, and he keeps trying to tell Betty, it's just a plane. Like, I can see it in my binoculars. It's just a plane. But then the light starts moving kind of erratically. Like it's waving. (laughs) Like it's waving. (laughs) And Barney now realizes, okay, yeah, that's not a plane. It could be a plane, like a, a smaller plane. Okay. With the pilot, either is a is having some kind of health problem, so now the plane's going out of control. Okay, maybe. Yeah, he dozed off and it kind of went sideways, and he's like trying to correct it, trying to get benefit of the doubt of like it was right. a plane. We'll, we'll keep that. We'll keep that in our thoughts as we keep going through this. They get back in the car. Dog's done doing its thing. Barney's like, I, I want to get home. <laughs> Let, let's go. So they keep driving. They pass by the Cannon Mountain Ski Resort. And they keep seeing this thing go in and out of, like, the tree line. Yeah. Like, you know, the thick forests are going, but they can see it coming in and out of the tree line. Like it's jumping in a wave. 
Something like that. I think either that or it, and if there's like a break in the trees, they can see it or something like that. Not entirely sure. It's not too specific. Betty's able to maybe possibly make a guess at its length. And she guesses at around 48 feet. I, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to get that. Yeah. Just for the fact that, you know, you walk up to somebody and they're talking to you like, oh, what is that person? Like, how tall was that person? Oh, I, I don't know, 6'5"? I'm like, well, I'm I'm 6'6". Six, six. Oh, he must have been like 5'4". Like, yeah. People really have a hard time judging, judging how like, tall or how length it is. And then the distance, because the farther away it is, the smaller it's going to look. So yeah. so it's hard to tell. I don't know. I'm, I don't really like that. It's 48 I don't, feet. I don't like it either. I don't even understand why anyone would try to guess at that kind of stuff. Because I look at something and I go, I don't know how big it was, but it looked big to me. I'm not going to try to tell you how big it was because I don't know. If I'm trying to guess something, most of the time it's like, okay, how tall was that person? Or will this piece of wood fit in the back of the car? Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. It's like, okay, so I measured it. It's from my elbow to my wrist so I can go to the store. Make As long as it's from my (laughs) elbow to my wrist, we're good. Like, that's how I measure or guesstimate things. Yeah, that's kind of how I do it, I would never try to guesstimate a flying object in the air. (laughs) Yeah. Barney's starting to get a little more creeped out. He's getting a little anxious, so he decides to stop the car and get his gun out of his trunk. Just in case. My question is, why isn't it on your hip? Or, you know, where you can easily access it? Maybe Betty doesn't feel comfortable with it. There are couples that are like that. No, I I understand that, and I've seen it. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's like, if you have a gun for protection. Yes. Right? If it's in your trunk, it's not going to do you much good. Hold on, bad guy. Stop. I need to get it. It's kind of like having a par- like having a parachute in a plane. Yeah. You're probably never going to need it, but the one time you need it, you're going to be thankful you have it on your back. I mean, I so. agree with you. I mean, I carry mine with me. Uh, all, well, not at all times. I don't have it with me right now. But, you know, most of the time. I don't have it with me right now, but that's because I'm over at your house. I have plenty here. I know. <laughs> Anyways. He Pulls gets, over, gets the gun out of his gets, trunk. Gets the gun out. Gets back in the car and they keep driving south. So they drive south a little bit longer on Route 3. And then they decide to get out of the car again. Because they still see this light. It's still there. And not only is it still there, but it looks like it's gotten closer. So this time you have two options. Stay in the car and drive faster. Mm-hmm. Or chalk it up to being extremely tired from a long vacation or a long drive home. I don't know, but they keep getting out of the car. I mean... Me, as as me as a person, when I'm on a long road trip, that's fine. I get tired in the car. But once I'm out of the car, I'm like wide awake. Yeah. And they keep getting out of the car. So I would just assume as they're probably wide awake right now. They know what they're seeing because they're out of the car. Yeah, but at the same time, like, have you ever dealt with true sleep exhaustion? Yes. It sucks. Yes, it does. Even if, like, even if you get out of the car and you're awake while you're out there, the second you get back in, you get tired and dozy again. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. At this moment, they're out of the car. They're watching this thing. Whatever it is now seems to lower itself to nearly to the road's surface, about a few hundred feet above the ground. Okay. So, it's pretty low. Barney has parked the car in the middle of the road. Because this thing, you know, is just freaking him out. Takes out his binoculars again, and he sees that... Chicken people! (laughs) He sees the chicken people. (laughs) He doesn't see chicken people. Darn. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's describing the craft. He said it looks like a flat pancake with rows of windows going around its length. If you can imagine that. So it's flat and then there's windows. You said pancake and I just got really hungry. So, <laughs> But yes, I'm talking I can... about food around Taryn. <laughs> like, I can understand what you're saying. He notices two red lights on the edges of the craft. How's their edges of the craft if it's round? It's still flat like a pancake. So you've got this and then the window. So maybe there's like two lights on either end of it, like on the top above the windows or below the windows or something like that. Okay. I'm just thinking of a circular because pancakes are Well, circular. yeah, probably it is circular, but you can still have, you know, if you're still looking at it, it still technically would be the edge. So on the di- diameter. Sure. Whatever, Taryn. I'm making you work for it tonight. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> and then he sees what appears to be wings protruding from the edges as it lowers itself. So like landing gear. Maybe. Possibly. So they looked like wings. They could be landing gear. Who knows? I don't know. It's an alien spacecraft. I don't know how they build their stuff. Those darn chicken people. Yeah. <laughs> so this thing lands and for some whatever reason, Barney just gets this. It's like he's not in control of his own movements. He starts walking towards the craft into a grassy field. Still got the binoculars up to his face, too, while he's doing this. Maybe he needs a better view. Probably. Betty's shouting at him, like, get back in the car. Barney, where are you going? Get back in the car. And he's he's just, he keeps walking. Not even listening to her. Kind of how my husband does to me sometimes. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) So he's looking through the binoculars. He sees a crew of around eight or nine humanoid figures are they gray with the big eyes and the small little mouth and then like peanut nose he does kind of describe them like that he says they have slanted large eyes and bald heads so kind of like the general little green men well gray men gray men the grays that's right the grays green men are from mars where the gray men are aliens just the unknown location where they come from okay we might but if they're green they're from mars okay well he didn't say they were green so we're gonna x that out they were wearing uniforms but there was one figure that he thought was probably the leader because he looked like he was wearing like a red scarf kind of around his neck and all the figures seemed to be smiling and be like happy to see him they're like oh hey barney what's up but the leader Leader wasn't very happy. He was scowling and just like, get out of here, Barney. No one wants you here. Really weird. They're the one that followed him. I, I don't know. Maybe he was just, ha- maybe he just had, got done fighting with his wife. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or a significant other. From what he's seeing in his binoculars, a couple of the figures kind of move back from the window towards what kind of looks like a control panel while the leader is still just staring at Barney. You I really know, need to get like an angry face doing that. An angry parent. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Her, her face is very comical. She's got the, <laughs> the wrinkles above, like, where your eyebrows come together because you're really mad. But then it's, like, that goofy mad. So they're, like, the lips kind of, like, are pushed out but squished together. Like, Argh. I'm the angry parent. It was cute. <laughs> thanks. Kind of funny. <laughs> cute and funny at the same time there, Heather. Gee, thanks. Barney is still just kind of free inside his head. He's going, I got to get out of here. I got to go. But his body just won't move. Finally, he 
somehow lowers the binoculars and runs back to the car. And he goes, get in the car, Betty, we're going. <laughs> so she gets in the car and he runs around, gets in the car and they are out of there. So they're, they're driving away from this alien craft. Betty looks out the windows to see if the creatures are following them. And then all of a sudden they start hearing this very repetitive beeping noise. Beep. It's really annoying. Kind of how that thing beeps. But more I was hoping it was going to go off. I know. I was really hoping it would go off, too. Man. No. <laughs> it, probably more often than that thing beeps, I'm thinking, too. When you, when you suggest that, I think of a, um, like a heavy machinery. Like a, you know when you go to Lowe's and they have the machine that picks up heavy stuff? Fork trucks? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> they back it up. It's that beep, beep, oh, beep, yeah. beep, Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. That beeping noise. So they're hearing that. It's kind of coming from the back of their car, like near the trunk, that they're thinking that's where it's coming from. And then they start feeling this little tingling going through their bodies. Not a good tingling. I feel like this is probably a bad tingling. Like your foot fell asleep and you have to walk on it tingling? Oh, yes. That's the worst feeling. But it's your whole body. I hate that feeling. I really wish you guys could see her facial expressions (laughs) during this episode. They are probably very great. They are very entertaining. And this is why we will never be a video show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's around midnight. The beeping, they seem to lose all memory of what happens next. That's because they got probed. Maybe. I don't know yet. They don't remember yet. (laughs) They seem to remember (laughs) small flashes. Maybe they remember turning off the road and, and maybe a roadblock of some sort with glowing lights. Or being in the woods or a field that it's coming in flashes. They're not quite sure what they're what they're remembering. They start to regain consciousness, probably, maybe, as they're getting closer to Route 93, which is about 35 miles south of where the beeping started. So they they kept driving while they were abducted? Maybe. Or they, maybe or the remember. aliens were so nice. Oh, we're just gonna drop you ahead. Well, no, remember, remember when I said that they kind of sort of remember maybe possibly stopping. They were probably stopped hmm. and then got abducted. And then the aliens forgot where they picked them up from and then put them 35 miles south <laughs> of where they were actually picked up from. They wake up. They were acting calmly. I mean, they were confused, but they were still pretty calm as they passed by a sign for Concord on Route 93. Betty turns to Barney and she asks, now do you believe in flying saucers? <laughs> That's a blunt, I told you so. <laughs> sure was. But Barney's response was, no, of course I, I don't believe in flying saucers. That's ridiculous. He doesn't believe in flying saucers. Maybe he believes in the aliens. Uh, not yet. Not yet. He's in denial. They drive the rest away home. Which was about an hour, an hour and a half. And the entire time they were driving home, they were in silence. They didn't speak one more word to each other. They get home at around dawn, which would be around 5 a.m. Depending on month and daylight savings. September. Just like 6-ish. 5.30, 6 o'clock, something like that. Yeah, so we're watching 5.30 and 6.30. All right, so they're getting home around there. They get home. Barney starts to get their stuff out of the car, and for some odd reason, Betty's just like, 
don't bring this stuff in the house. Leave it by the back door. We won't bring it in yet. Don't know why. She just has this weird feeling that we shouldn't, they shouldn't bring the stuff inside. They're super tired, but they both feel really dirty. So they want to take a shower. When Betty looks down and notices that her dress is ripped. And then when she takes it off, she notices there's like this pink powder all over it. She throws the dress away. Barney gets in the shower. For some reason, felt compelled to check his manly areas to make sure they're still there and okay, I'm guessing. Or Well, I'd hope, you know, he was washing them. I'm sure he was washing them, but he like needed to check them. Like, to make sure they were still, like, okay. <laughs> you know, Betty wants to get cleaned up and everything as well. They do that, and then they finally fall asleep. And then in the morning, Betty convinces Barney that they both need to draw pictures of the craft that they supposedly saw. Because Barney saw it, and he saw it way better than Betty did. Yeah. Because he had the binoculars. So they draw the pictures, and they look surprisingly similar. You know that they saw the same thing. Betty remembers her dress and decides maybe it's not a good thing to throw it away. So she fishes it out of the trash and hangs it back up in her closet because maybe you'll find evidence of something. I'm going to put it in my closet just because that's where all my clean clothes are. Oh, she put it in her closet. But they start inspecting their clothes and Barney also notices that his shoes have scuff marks on the tops of them, which would indicate that he was probably dragged somewhere. Depending on where the scuff marks are and how they're positioned. Right on the top of the shoe. Yeah, but normally when I get a scuff mark on the top of my shoe, it's because, you know, something was dragged across the top of my shoe. Well, I have a feeling that back in the 60s, you know, the the shoe shiners and all that. He probably kept his shoes really nice. Yeah. And And all he was doing that day was driving in a car. What's going to drop over the top of his shoes in the car? I'm not saying, like, yes, it's weird that he had scuffs. I'm just thinking, like, when you get scuffs on, because I've had to have shiny shoes, and when you get scuffs on them, it's because something was either dropped or dragged across the top of them. I think he was dragged. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm just (laughs) playing devil's advocate here. Stop it. It's not working. (laughs) No, it's, it's, it's fine. I'm trying to convince you. I don't know if you need convincing, but I'm trying to convince you. Okay. Okay. Well, he's st- he's pretty shaken up about everything. He still just doesn't want to believe any of it. I, it's just not good for him. He doesn't like it. But she won't shut up about it. So he says, okay, if you really want to talk about it, get a hold of a friend or something. So she goes, okay. So she calls her sister Janet. Now this whole seeing a UFO thing is no stranger to Betty's family. Janet also claims she saw a UFO a few years before this happened. I have a feeling... Everyone in her family probably believes in UFOs, and no one in Barney's family believes in UFOs. I could see that. So we've already got a conflict there, which is not so horrible because I 100% believe in UFOs, and I'm not so sure Tyler does. I don't know. It's not so strange. I believe that there are aliens out there, and then maybe at some point they came to like to check us out, like, but you're not quite right to our intelligent level, so we're going to come pick on you in a couple hundred years. <laughs> You know, that's why it was so popular, like, at a certain time, and now we basically don't ever hear of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to wait a couple hundred years and see if you guys mature enough for us to come talk to you. No, people still report them an awful lot. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's the beep. There's the beep. Just like that, but over and over. Well, Janet, uh, she's going, talking, Betty's talking to Janet about everything that happened, and Janet suggests that 
or they, they talk to the Air Force Base that's near there. It's Peace Air Force Base. And, and talk to them about it. So Betty thinks, that's a great idea. Let's go talk to the Air Force. I don't know how easy it is to get a hold of the Air Force. She calls someone up there at the Air Force. If you're near a base, <laughs> it'd probably be easier to click. Because then you'd have a contact place, not just like a random number. Yeah. But I don't think there's like the 1-800-CALL-THE-AIR-FORCE well, number it's, out it's there. it's the Peace Air Force Base. Still. In Peace, New Hampshire, which is about 30 minutes away from Portsmouth. But she does. She gets a, she gets a hold of them. And, and gets a hold of Major Paul Henderson, who took the official statement, but they withheld some of the more outlandish things. Like actually seeing the aliens in the spacecraft but they did report seeing the spacecraft and how it moved and and the shape of it and all that okay and actually major henderson told the hills that the peace air force base radar did pick up something at about 2 14 in the morning so this hasn't actually been confirmed by anyone in the military this is just what betty is saying that's because they'll never give out that type of information if it's actually no no, they probably not, wouldn't. We, no one's high enough for that. No. <laughs> Henderson stayed around for a bit. He kept working on the report with them and getting more information. And I can just imagine Barney just being like, can this please be over? Just, I feel like that's just the kind of person he is. He's in denial. He doesn't want to believe it happens. He just wants to get on with his life. And Betty just keeps bringing it up and over and over again. And if I were Barney, I'd just be like, just stop, Betty. Just stop. I want to go back to work, which is sad if someone says they want to go back to work. Especially if they have a two-hour two, two an hour, two hour commute just to get there. Yeah. Well, Mr. Uh, Major Henderson came to the conclusion that the couple had misidentified the planet Jupiter. Okay. Or it was some kind of optical illusion caused by the planet. That's a weird optical illusion. I think so, too. But who knows? She talks to Janet some more. Betty does. And Janet's like, well, check everything that was with you. Check the car and, and all this. See if anything weird is on that. See if there's any physical evidence of something happening. So Betty's like, hey, that's a great idea. You know, my dress was torn and there was this pink powder all over it. So she goes out to check the car. And what she finds are circular spots on the car's trunk. Was it on the hood, too? Because if it was on the hood, I could see it being sucked up. It wasn't on the uh, It wasn't on the hood. It was just on the trunk. For some odd reason, Janet goes, why don't you take a compass out there? I don't know why. Again, makes no sense to me. Why you would just say, hey, take a compass out there. See what hey, it does. Hey, Heather. You yeah. need it. You need like a piece of bologna for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, who thinks of that? Really? <laughs> <laughs> the only compass is going to do and tell you what direction your 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 car's pointed in, and that's not even going to work right because well, compasses don't work well when you put it next to metal or in buildings no. or near metal or other metal. I know. <laughs> so according to to Betty, she brought the compass out there, and it would react dramatically when brought in close to the spots move it away from the spots it gets normal move it closer to the spots it starts going woo. 
I can't use facial expressions. <laughs> Which I think that is kind of odd. Because you would think that the compass would be going crazy all over the trunk because it's all... It's got metal. Here's things like when you when you have a compass in metal or near metal, it no longer points north or true north. It's now off. Yeah. <laughs> so if you put it on the car, it's not going to point north or true north. It's just going to be slightly off. But then put it next to the spots and it goes circular or crazy. That is kind of weird. And I'm just saying you, you put a compass near a piece of metal. It's not going to go all wonky. It's just going to be not pointing in the right direction. No. Betty starts to investigate UFOs on her own time. She's, like, in it now. She's in it to win it. Like, this happened. I'm going all in. Which is what I do every day. (laughs) I'm all in. I'm doing this. And then she starts having these dreams. They're, They're very, very vivid dreams. And about being stopped by a group of beings who took them out of their car... And then began guiding them towards a spacecraft that's hidden in the woods. And then they start, her dreams start, you know, there's more information starting to come in. And these dreams, she starts having memories of uh, experiments performed on both Betty and Barney. Hmm. But these dreams only lasted for five nights. And then they stopped. Poor Barney, he started getting more and more anxious. He's just not feeling right. He's getting irritable. Just something's not right with him. Now, Barney used to be an alcoholic, and he hadn't touched the stuff in years. And now, after this incident, he starts drinking again. So their lives kind of sort of go back to normal, other than Barney's drinking and Betty won't stop talking about UFOs. But at least they go back to work, and they start doing that. But a lot of people are starting to put forward that maybe they should go see a doctor. At least Barney should go see a doctor, a psychiatrist to be exact. So he does. Both of them start to visit Dr. Benjamin Simon. He actually suggests doing hypnosis or hypnotherapy for both of them. He records their sessions, which you can find on YouTube (laughs) if you really want to watch them or listen to them. They actually... the. The hypnosis doesn't even begin until two years after the incident. So they're living their life while Betty's doing her UFO thing and Barney's drinking. And But when they do get hypnotized and they each have their own separate sessions, they actually describe very different things happening to them, which is not good for their story. Since they're not the same, people are obviously thinking, okay, it didn't actually happen. But then again, I'm thinking, well, it happened like two years after the incident. Their own things that are going on in their head have probably warped what happened. Betty's taking this whole thing in a good light. She's looking up UFOs. She's embracing it. So her experience may not be as horrible as Barney's was, which is exactly how it was portrayed. Yeah. And Betty is like, okay, Yeah, they took us up into the spacecraft and they did some experiments, but they were all very pleasant. And it wasn't really that scary, but with Barney. Yet her dress was ripped. Yeah, I know. Her dress was ripped. They did something. Maybe it got ripped while they were dragging her. I don't know. I still think she was probed. She may have been. I don't know. I didn't listen to it. You can listen to it if you want. 
don't have time. <laughs> but Barney's experience, it was bad. His was more scary. It was, they, they took me aboard this and they did experience, experiments on me. And yes, some of them were sexually done experiments. Which is why he probably felt the urge to check his manly areas to make sure they were okay. But so he did not have a good time with this, but Betty's didn't sound like it was so bad. Maybe they were f- more fascinated in him because his race and his sex. Oh, that could be. I don't know. Who knows? Their descriptions of the alien beings themselves were also different. Now, Barney describes them as looking a lot like humans, and they were wearing uniforms that were, he said they looked kind of like Nazi uniforms. So, so the military had bad experience, yada, 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 it relates it back to what would make sense. Because sometimes if you see something that you don't understand, your mind's going to try to fill into the gaps to make it make sense. Yes. Uh, he also, again, describes them having small slanted eyes. Which was different than what he said before, because before he said they were large slanted eyes, but now they're small slanted eyes. Again, it makes more sense for them to have small slanted eyes and large slanted eyes. Yeah. We are very far into this, so I'm actually going to call it quits, and we're going to have a two-parter. Sounds good. Because I have a whole lot more to go over. So in the next episode, we're going to go over a couple other things that happened in, in the Hills' lives after this event and after the hypnosis and what happens. And then we're going to talk about what we think of it. Sounds good. So that's next episode. <sighs> ah. Beep, 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 beep. That's a whole meaning to that thing. <laughs> I really got to figure out how to turn it off. Yes. <sighs> All right. Let's hear a dad joke. So I... You know, you know me, I sit here and, and I don't do my research prior to. So as we're going through the podcast, I look up dad jokes. And I found several and then it's like, okay, we're talking about aliens. So I need to find an alien joke. Yes. So I've got a couple. Mm. How do you get a baby alien to sleep? How? You rock it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, why are there only 18 letters in the alphabet? Why? Because E.T. flew off or flew off in a UFO and the CIA chased after him. Uh, oh, <laughs> I have to do math for this joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's not good. I don't like math. <laughs> Basically, the aliens took some of our letters. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I just... <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like I have to do math for it. <laughs> oh, man. If you guys have jokes you want Taryn to tell, let me know. And I'll give them to Taryn, and she'll read them on air on the podcast. Is this really on air? I guess it's on air. I don't know. All right, you can get a hold of me at heather at fortweirdpodcast.com. You could get on our website. It's fortweirdpodcast.com. I got to do some updating to it. Maybe add some stuff. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and then we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Fort Weird Pod. Don't do podcasts, just do pod. That's how you're going to find us on there. I post some fun things on Instagram. Actually, whenever I post something on Instagram, I post it to everything. So you'll see it no matter which way you go. Yeah, if you want. Yeah. 
Just send us something. Let Taryn know. Oh, yeah. And rate and review us on iTunes. I see that most of you listen to me on iTunes. If you could just give us like a five star and maybe a quick little review, that'd be awesome because that kind of helps us out. If we get enough of them, I'm going to make Heather read some of them. I'm going to make Taryn read them. No. Yeah. If you guys want me to, then let Heather know. Otherwise, <laughs> she'll read them. But yeah, just yeah, let us know if if you like the podcast. You know, even if you don't like the podcast, just give us, give us five stars anyways. Just do it. I don't care what you think of us. <laughs> just give us five stars. That's all I want. And maybe your quick review. That would be awesome. I'd really appreciate it. Unfortunately, because we have a few listeners that are out of the States, I can't see if you have rated or reviewed us. So email me and let me know that you did. Or if you want us to read it. I'll let I'll read it. I'm excited about that. Yes, Taryn, you look like you want to say something. No. No, I know. Okay. It's been a long week. Ugh, I feel ya. I feel ya. Well, we'll, we'll be back next time with the uh, second parter of the Hill abduction case. And until then, see you later. Bye, guys. The existence of this 